The following program contains irreverent humor, brilliant insights, and story elements from television or film that may give away important details. We got spoilers. Or as they say in Klingon, Gumaka. Don't say we didn't warn you. Sometimes a hug can be the difference between life and death. In the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery, The War Without, The War Within, Michael Burnham hugs the doomed Emperor back to the starship Discovery before it schleps its way back to the real universe, where the Federation is losing the war to the Klingons. George O is now the Federation's new It Girl, since she holds the secret on how to defeat the Klingons. We're sure she has a secret plan, and nobody's gonna like it. Also, Ash is like totally still in love with Burnham, and he's like totally not a killer anymore. Or so he says. What the track? Welcome to the podcast where we fabulously explore all the strange new episodes from the TV series Star Trek Discovery. I'm the ship's captain, Fausto Fernos. And if I hear one more thing about my crew, about how in the mirror universe we had jacuzzis, and in the mirror universe we had fried kelpian every night. If you love the mirror universe so much, why didn't you stay there? I wish I had. Please welcome my husband and first officer, Mark Felian, who I'm still trying to figure out if he's not the Mirror Universe copy. You'll never know. Mm-hmm. Or will you? I think I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> Give a warm welcome to our ship's therapist, Colette Gregory, who, as you may know, we ate in the Mirror Universe, but thankfully we were able to clone her from a piece of flesh stuck in Brian's teeth. Mm, Brian, are you doing that again? That tickles. <laughs> you know, Colette, for being a tough broad, you are surprisingly tender. <laughs> Thank you. And our ship science officer, Brian Sweeney, who terraformed his underwear and now has a horrible poison ivy rash on his balls. Ouch. Oh, itchy, itchy. Oh, swampy. Ooh. Well, folks, uh, it's just one more episode till this uh, horrible nightmare of Star Trek Discovery comes to a full screeching stop. Dun, dun, dun. And, uh, and I guess everything, the wheels have been brought in motion because uh, Jojo has been brought into our universe through the magic of hugs. Oh, Aww. hugs can transform everyone. Just in time for Valentine's And for everybody who's, you know, there's people who are like, how is she possible able to hug somebody? Bill Cosby. And transport them <laughs> no. all through into the ship. And, and part of it is like, it's actually been done before in the Save the Whales movie they from do, Star Trek. They do it all the time. They just jump they on do. somebody who's being transported and they're able to transport them. Yeah, it's home. like hitchhiking. Yeah, and uh, still away. But they also, um, I don't know, like it's, like, it's not, there's not really any, uh, it's not going to stay consistent because she like jumped on her and then they were like split up. And they both were standing, but you know the well, transporter go through the buffer. The transporter, but that's buffer, not so how they've shown. Like it's two different people. That's not how they've shown. They but like, been, if, they should have been scissoring, is what but, you're saying. Yes, they should have just been scissoring. But like, who? Like, really? That's not your problem. Like, if you have a problem with the show, it's not that. Well, maybe Michelle Yeoh was like, I don't want her touching me. Yeah, <laughs> I think they did it for dramatic effect so that people could see them separately mm-hmm. and they could do the reactions. Well, on that is why. 
I mean, that's... Like, what did you do to me? That's Mm -hmm. the thing of, like, because the script called for it. Mm -hmm. Like, but that's not, you know, people... It's not scientifically accurate. When you came over to the ice ship, I would have just told her, she's like, what did you do with me? I'd be like, you're dead. Now this is hell for you. Yeah. (laughs) It's a very William Shatner kind of thing, that line, you know. What did you do to me? And she's like, I just couldn't say goodbye. Mm-hmm. I love you, evil Jojo. Yeah, well, someone has some mommy issues. I'm she's, right. she said yes to yo. That's the thing. It's like, is she? She's like the ultimate tiger mom now, right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's or is she a dragon lady? I can't figure. You know, maybe well, combination. What's a tiger mom and what's a dragon? Well, lady? Well, a tiger mom is like a, 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 an Asian blogger. I think came up with this concept. Uh, she at least she popularized it a few years ago about how Asian mothers, you know, really drive their kids to like excellence and you must be good at this and you must be good at that and they're like relentless and so they call her a tiger mom because you know a tiger is you know fierce mm-hmm. and then there's the, uh, the the old you know I guess it's a stereotype or a trope of the, the dragon lady who is the you know the evil Asian woman who's it's a femme fatale I, I wouldn't yeah. say, I'd say that Giorgio is neither because it no? seems like she's that's, definitely tiger mommy no no I would think that if we're going with this, like the tiger, and I'm very uncomfortable talking with in these because I think it's racist. But well, I'm not yeah, but sure. it was an Asian person that came up with the yeah. Well, we're not allowed to say it. I don't think. I don't know. She <laughs> sold a bunch of bugs. I yeah. think she yeah. wants us to talk only, about it. Only, only Asian moms can say that to each other. But I, I would think uh, Sarah is way more of the tiger mom in this respect mm-hmm. because, as we saw as George she was much more of like the white mom. Initially, is, she yeah, was, she yes. was nice and like mm-hmm. you, you know. Like, I'm talking about. The, mirror, the one from the Mood, from the Mirror Universe. Yeah. The one from the Mirror Universe is a genocidal maniac. Like, yeah, it Tiger is, Mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> she thinks that you should subjugate anything that's not like you. Tiger like Mom. bad grades. Dragon Lady. Bad influences. Slaves. Slaves. That's what a Tiger Mom does. And I don't know if we can, you know, it's. It, I'm, I'm calling it Dragon Lady because that's the trope that people use. And, you know, I do, mm-hmm. I realize that there probably is, you know, uh, maybe a It's a racist thing. It's a racist yeah, thing. Yeah, Mark. Oh my god. But I'm not condoning it. So uh-huh. glad I'm back. I'm just saying this is that is this where they're kind of off skew there. I want you to apologize for your majesty. Or wait, what is it? <laughs> to the Empress? To no, Empress. I forget. You're, you're... <laughs> oh, That's what I call know. my pussy. Don't bring it up. Mm, apologize to the Empress. Don't talk about my pussy. Just get on your knees. <laughs> <laughs> so I did like I did really like everyone settle down. I it's lost. I, I did like. Um, this is all inside. Well, she's still downloading her talk. consciousness. Oh, yeah. right. that, I, we that ate her twice. We ate her. We, we ate her, barfed her, and then yeah. ate her again. And then we we put use that. What is it? The the Vulcan mind meld mm-hmm. thing to bring back Katra. her yeah. her Katra, Katra back into yeah. her Kutra. Mm-hmm. Kutra. My Kutra. Oh, no. Kutra. Yeah. Shame that My Kutra is still getting situated. Nice. Looks like the Gormagander on the inside. Maybe I don't know. You'll check out that Gormagander. Anyway, see if there's any hairy um, mud in there. This oh, is no. hairy nice. Uh, that's why you, yeah. That's how I got sick. Is that there was hairy mud in there? Yeah. Well, you can't go. We got from, it removed. You can't go from one hole to the other. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned the hard way. Yeah, the hard news. way. Nice. Okay. This is dirty as ever. And it's not just me this I'm time. Back. <laughs> Wait a minute! Yeah. Did you make some modifications to me, Brian? Uh, uh, I wasn't this dirty before. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's a thing. Like the mind meld when they first introduced the Vulcan mind meld, uh, Spock is like, "Oh, it's something that we 
don't talk about with outsiders and we don't like to do and mm-hmm. blah, blah blah it was in that like dagger of the mind and yeah and he's like he's like we only do it when i'm just fucking beating my meat like hardcore kirk don't make me fucking jerk off mm-hmm. in front of you oh i'll do it anyways <laughs> oh, I hate when dads do that. oh take it oh god i'm fucking coming um green come um but <laughs> Yeah, but now, like, any time they have a Vulcan, they just are constantly mind-melting. Like, we don't need dialogue. We don't need to any kind of, uh, you know, showing exposition. I'm just going to suck it right out of your brain and mm-hmm. move from there. Yeah. So the mind-meld for Vulcans now is kind of like just having a cell phone. Instead of sending a text message, mind meld. Debriefing, mind meld. You want to say hello, mind meld. Mind well, meld it, everything. It is a like it's it's why the uh, yeah. when Spock is like, oh, we don't really do that. Of course, they he did it a bunch then more mm-hmm. after the series. But the problem, it's a problem from a writing standpoint because then people can't really be duplicitous or mm-hmm. uh, you can't really hold secrets if you just have someone who can just sit there and read minds all the time or just put their hands on you mm-hmm. and then be like, oh, he's lying. Mm-hmm. Can Vulcans lie when the mind melders that, like, uh, you know, sort of like Stranger Things, friends don't well, lie? What's her name tried it? And, and uh, which one was it? The Undiscovered Country. She tried to lie about, you know, planning the sabotage. She did. And then Spock force mind melded mm-hmm. uh, against her will, which actually Kassarik did to Saru in this episode, mm-hmm. but not as bad. Like it was forceful and uh, painful for Kim Cattrall. Mm-hmm. But you know, Sarah, Sarah, Saru liked it. You know, he mm-hmm. was. <laughs> yeah. You know, Call for, at me, for Daddy. Kelpians, mm-hmm. uh, they have a, the bodies have a, a way sub. of shutting that down. He's a sub all day. So, uh, who's the best captain in uh, the Discovery universe? Is it you know Michelle? Tilly. Tilly, Killy, <laughs> Killy. Mm-hmm. I think it seems Sar- like Saru is pretty good because he I doesn't was choke. Say, I think Saru is the best because he seems to be the only captain that kind of carries himself like a captain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He has a lot of like shades of Picard. It seems like, mm-hmm. and he. He's definitely not the Saru. Like this is a problem with the all every character, but Saru that we first met is not like the Saru that we know now. And there hasn't been that big of. Well, I guess I don't know, but like because he was supposed to be like timid, clumsy and, and timid yeah. and weird, and mm-hmm. and and uh, they like sort of like he was someone that people didn't want to be around and. Um, but now he's a person that demands respect and is a captain. Well, he's also very concerned, you know, I think maybe because he was one of those species that came from, like, prey, so he's kind of like, how do I keep my people safe? What can we do? You know, whereas, you know, some of these other captains can be quite reckless. I was hoping that he would turn out to be sort of like a golem, be like, my precious ship. Mm-hmm. He looks a little bit like a golem. Well, he's stretched out and tall, but, you know, and that's a really a tribute to Doug Jones, who's been playing this character. I mean, I think of of any of the actors in the series, with the exception maybe of Michael, of um, Sonequa, mm-hmm. Martin Green, um, they're really giving him a lot of leeway in where his character moves and how it looks and mm-hmm. goes. You know, he told the, he's the one who told them, "Don't pad my butt. I have a <laughs> freaky alien-looking ass <laughs> already. You don't mm-hmm. need to change me that much." Mm-hmm. And and as an actor, you know, I mean, he's he's nominated for an Academy Award, is, is he? Yeah, for the Shape well, of Water. He's not. The, the movie is. Yeah, the, the movie, movie yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. 
But, you know, I mean, that, that movie is Doug Jones, mm-hmm. and certainly, you know, Discovery has benefited tremendously, and it's really refreshing to see a non-humanoid mm-hmm. captain, or just any character on the, you know, because everything is like, person with a weird thing over their nose, mm-hmm. and now this is a three-dimensional, from head to toe, weird-looking, mm-hmm. clop-clop, horse-man, squid person. Yeah. With I mean, it's tentacles. cool. It was cool to have, like, the Andorian captain i guess they were all captains i don't know like the hologram there was a bunch of holograms mm-hmm. talking one of them was an andorian um so that same was, andorian, well, andorian came on the ship too yeah. didn't he yeah yeah that was the uh that was the yeah in the episode it looked like the same mirror the, universe uh, captain commander from, right? yeah from, yeah from the from the planet that got blown mm-hmm. up right it, I, I think so in the episode uh yesteryear from the animated series um there was an andorian first officer because spock they changed the timeline because they went to the Guardian of Forever. And then um, when they came back, um, Spock didn't exist, and uh, there was an Andorian first officer on Ooh. the Enterprise. Freaky. Very wonderful to know that in this universe. That's the, the voice of the computer in uh, the animated series, right? Yes, it would be like, working. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to do whatever it is. You're start talking faster. Um, so Cornwell boards a ship with Sarek. Uh, Sarek forces his, his you know fingers on Saru, mm-hmm. and um, and then we realize that the Klingons are winning the war, and uh, that's not good. Um, and so uh, I guess uh, Burnham turns around. And asks Georgiou, the evil Georgiou from the multiverse, the mirror universe, how do we defeat the Klingons? Mm-hmm. And just like the script to Discovery, she <laughs> says, Kronos is hollow on the inside. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> that was shade. That's called a humor in, you know, the stroke in the negative way. Um, they, uh, the very beginning of the episode was great. I thought I loved um, Saru seeing Michelle Yao mm-hmm. again. It was like when she's, she's like, we dined on your brethren. I was like, All right. She couldn't even wait to say that. It's like, you just got on somebody's ship, and that's the first thing you say to them? <laughs> I ate your cousin. Yeah, Michael's That's like, rude. Michael's like, bitch, I work well, here. Act like you got some home training. Damn. I think those Kelpians are like a delicacy in their merry universe. They, they probably taste be- like frog legs or something. Yeah, I think <laughs> it was, uh, they, they were saying that it's supposed to be like lobster. Oh, mm-hmm. well, okay. I can see why she was, you know. You know, and imagine if, if you're just oh. used... What what is your favorite animal you like to eat? Uh, I'm black, so you know what it is. <laughs> well, there's Pork. a bunch. Is it? I chicken. was going to say chicken, but oh, no, okay. it's actually, I would say seafood. But oh, okay. What kind of seafood do you like? Scrimp. <laughs> shrimp. And imagine oh. if, shrimp. if in this universe, <laughs> the shrimps that you love eating, deep fried and batter, are shrimp, is <laughs> suddenly like one of your, you know, captain or one oh, of the persons that you work with. That would be with. so awkward. I'd be like, oh my God, I ate like, so many of yours. And that's why I thought numbers. it was interesting to sort of say, tell the audience that we hadn't eaten you because mm-hmm. the idea of, you know, and it's still abstract. Like we're watching mm-hmm. this TV show and we're just kind of like the idea of eating a coworker. Yeah. Because... <laughs> 
your coworkers delicious, mm-hmm. yeah. and you can't. You'd like. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you eat? Yeah, them? basically, Star Trek is like The Office, but in space, right? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and so, to me, I was just like, you know, and, and I think this episode has a lot of people sort of like going around saying, "I am so sorry, we ate you in that <laughs> universe." And Ash, Ash is going around the ship saying, "I am so sorry uh-huh. that I accidentally killed a doctor. I'm really sorry." I cannot understand why they are so quick to be like, "Oh, it's cool." Whatever. Okay, are we going to get into this? <laughs> because this is well, we have to come cover sit at my some table. The, we wear pink on Fridays. Okay. It, it is crazy <laughs> that Wednesday, again Wednesday. this show, at which is just a bunch of wasted opportunities throughout the entire season, the main, like the biggest thing that they could possibly have made for dramatic sake for between characters was Stamets and Tyler finally meeting after. Mm-hmm. And they just have them get off the elevator or the turbo lift and be like, oh, does that feel bad? Good. And then walk away. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing, show? Like, what is wrong with you? How do you not know that, like, this is That's what you need? Right. Like, yeah. it is, it's weird that how much, and Star Trek Discovery just constantly does this how fast they just blow through everything and they just fast forward through everything ash tyler brian are you saying they have no right to do that i guess i mean they shouldn't (laughs) they have no good writers why is is he even walking (laughs) free at this point in time they don't know what's happening the thing okay you know it's been a day he got a bracelet on they put a fitbit (laughs) on him so now he okay because they can <laughs> track his yeah. steps. He can do anything. So they're like, he like, got his Fitbit on. He can track his no. steps. Well, you know, a couple weeks of observation is that like not? No. Is that too well, much to ask? Uh, I mean, just medically, that's not just, even you know the craziest part. It was like they just have a doctor just show up and be like, uh-huh. oh. Uh, we we just, just like rewrote every single part of his entire like DNA and stuff and brain, and now he's okay. He's and fine. and they're like he's presenting as a human, and we're not sure what the transition is. And I was like, Are Did you, you really using okay, trans thank language? You. Like they you said, be species reassignment. Did they really? I didn't. Species reassignment procedure. He's presenting. They say he's presenting as human. He's he's sort of not. He's this and that at the Mm -hmm. same time. And I was like, Are you fucking? And then they're like, Well, you say this is who you are, then this is who you are. And I was like, This was not the moment for trans inclusion for a show that tried to pretend how like big they were going to be getting into progressive politics (laughs) and all of this stuff, and just have a ton of like progressive right and producers and stuff, the most, possibly the most, like, tone-deaf, like, handling Mm -hmm. of a trans thing, making it also a guy... Who was like brought back from death? Mm-hmm. Who even knows and who what the hell people happened? And was violent. Yeah, and then smashed into a new uh, body uh, forcefully, and then right. like this it wasn't is wasn't a choice to, trans, to transition. Like, it's also or, you know, yeah. yeah, and then has it's uh, a fetish for some people that force feminization. Mm-hmm. So maybe force species mm-hmm. probably. So who's the new doctor now? Do we some know? Black girl. So you can imagine <laughs> the the you know somebody went up to her and said, um, Doctor Susan. Uh, bad news. 
Dr. Culver's dead. Mm-hmm. But good news, you get a promotion. Right. <laughs> Bad news, the guy who killed him is in room two. Mm-hmm. Gotta go. Just whatever you do, don't get close to him. Because he has that way of twisting your head and the neck. And, <laughs> and then killing you. Know. you. Mm-hmm. I would be a little nervous, like, taking over that last doctor's job, right? You know what? As a sister, when you get an opportunity to move up, you take it because you don't know when it's going to happen again. Okay? <laughs> we saw what happened to Michael Burnham when she moved up. So she I was would, just I would at least put like a some sort of neck brace or a helmet on. Oh, she was packing. She had something for that ass if she had to. Because okay. you know, she probably has a hypo spray at her. Mm-hmm. You know, she would take him out. She's not stupid. That's blaming the victim. Under her tit. <laughs> that's where she keeps hypo spray. You, know? you don't want to know what I got under mine today. <laughs> but that's totally, totally blame the victim when you see something bad happen to the doctor and he gets killed by Ash, who doesn't know if he's Vulcan or human. You, the next person's like, well, I'm not going to let that happen to me. Well, there's a difference between victim blaming and risk reduction. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do things that make you feel safe, there's nothing wrong with doing that. So mm-hmm. if you want to bring something that you feel like can be a weapon that you can use, but if something happens to you, it's the person who did its fault. Hold still on a second, end. Counselor Colette. Yes. Um, are you saying that Culver was irresponsible in the way he handled his patient? Uh, yeah, I actually am. I mean, old he got dude, himself killed. He got himself killed mm-hmm. and uh, old boy was crazy. Uh, what I would say is, yeah, if you are a medical provider or a mental health provider, you uh, owe your patients a certain amount of care. And so if people are exhibiting signs of certain things, then you need to pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. But how do you do? Do you bring a taser with you when you meet your uh, clients in the, uh, through the ship? Uh, <laughs> I do not. Um, I bring my boobs, and uh, those are weapons in themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But are, are you ever like, you know, I imagine your mother, you're, you're half betazoid, isn't that? Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't Your mother talk is about very overbearing. Uh, mm-hmm. She's overbearing. Yes, yeah, we can use that word. <laughs> and uh, does she worry about your safety? She does. Yeah, she definitely does. Um, she's giving me, like, what do you call it? Uh, pepper spray to keep in my car if we're talking about in the real world. <laughs> well, she, um, if they're going to twist science. your neck, yes. like Culver, <laughs> yeah. a pepper spray, is that going to stop them? No, but I don't bring that in with I, when I work with clients because at the end of the day, if like I can't de-escalate it on but my own, have, then I shouldn't be a therapist. If you had some kind of trans species uh, client who didn't know that they were trans species, like, you wouldn't just be, like, right up next to them, like, I think something's going on. I mean, that's, like, something you would report to, like, a supervisor. That's some, yeah, right? But it's also, you like, know? In, procedure. In, for stories, we always make allowances for things that don't make sense, because they just have to happen, so mm-hmm. it's, like, the reason he was given the house arrest bracelet and walking around the ship is because that's, because they want him to interact with people. However, What's not when it's not emotionally true, that's when we have problems. So mm. when he doesn't seem to have a problem with anything, except when he finally, when he like just says, I have a problem, instead of showing, like, you know, it's hard for him to mm-hmm. actually come into this cafeteria because of what he did and stuff like that. Like, it, when Seven of Nine was brought back and sort of brought into Voyager, no one liked her except Janeway. And so it was, like, weird for her, and you could tell that, like, she felt that she didn't belong, and she had a lot of trouble going from what going through that and but we liked seven of nine whereas the you know as an audience we're not sure if we like ash 
Tyler at all. Well, we don't know if we like any of these characters because they've yeah. given us literally nothing to like about them other than just saying, like, you should like these people. But the thing about, like, Seven of Nine... The scene in this episode where he just walks into the cafeteria and then Tilly's like, it's okay, I'm friends with you. And then the other two are like, yeah, we're friends too. And then the scene ends, it's like, what the hell was and this? And they're not like, what was it like murdering him? Yeah, and you so know? like, it, it, got you off? Twist somebody's neck? it doesn't do even, do it doesn't even like, he doesn't have any sort of reaction to it. Like, uh, like when Seven of Nine would finally go into the cafeteria, everyone would kind of look, and then Neelix is probably like, oh, ah, because you expect Neelix to be like that, just like you expect Tilly to be like that. I love how much you love Voyager. Yeah. I so, so are you saying that Tilly is the Neelix of the series? <laughs> In a way, because so, yeah. she is the comedic relief. And so we're going to see a transporter accident where she and the African-American character are going to get fused together so we learn about, you know, we're all we all come and bleed the same color. Probably, except Discovery would never go into any type of character uh, things like that. Like, there's nothing... For people who are not familiar, uh, there was a very special episode of Star Trek uh, Voyager <laughs> where the black Vulcan... Uh, Tuvok. Tuvok and uh, Neelix, the the what would you call him? The uh, the armadillo Jew clown. <laughs> He's also like Excuse kind me? of a clown the way that he dresses. Like he dresses in like polka dot weird. And colors. so they they married them together into oh. in a transporter accident because they had an orchid oh. and they created a character called Tuvix. Mm-hmm. And everybody loved Tuvix because Tuvix was not as much of an asshole as Tuvok mm-hmm. and not as insufferable as mm-hmm. Neelix. Mm-hmm. So he was like the perfect perfect blend of two really horrible characters hmm. and so everybody loved Tuvix but at the end of the episode they're like you don't you can't live because you're if, in order to keep you alive we have to split you apart mm. oh well, they, he could have lived as as Black Nix but they decided Janeway said we need Black both uh, Tuvix what you call me because <laughs> we need uh, we need both of you we need Tuvok and we need Neelix so we, we have to separate you you don't get the choice and so he fought against being separated but she's like I am making this decision a lot of people were kind of sad to see this person go because they're like he's a real person now and in, in some ways, you know, there's there's an allegory You're here. All good people, and he turns to the crew before they murder him, basically, and he says, I, "You are all." Good people, and then he starts singing. When I think of home, okay. I think of a place. That's the whiz. Come on now, that's the whiz. But so I bring this up me. too because there's another interesting theme here that also refers to Voyager, which is Seska and um, the the. Uh, the number one, um, Chakotay. 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 Chakotay's relationship. Is, has there ever been a um, sort of a situation where you fall in love with a double agent in in Star Trek until now again with uh, Michael Burnham and Ash's relationship? Um, in the Enterprise incident from season three of the original series, Spock seduced the Romulan commander so that Kirk could uh, steal the cloaking device. <laughs> and Kirk Kirk uses his fucking sex to get what he wants all the time, mm-hmm. to get out of things. And he fucked him on in, mm-hmm. in Star Trek VI, and she was kind of a double agent. Like, yes, it happens all the time. And Jay, um, Jay it, led that one guy on because they needed to cross through space, and she knew he was going to double-cross her. Picard and Vosh, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, and Vosh was uh, wanting to steal. Yeah, Picard fucked But I think right, this is the so first time that, that someone gave freely of their heart and got 
screwed over. Well, yes, and that's another big, with the double agent. Well, it's another big problem with this show is that there's two very strong female characters. I mean, not really because they're not well written at all, but. <laughs> Uh, Michael Burnham and Cornwell have been raped. Like, they were both used by men, not used or whatever you want to call it, but they've, uh, at least Cornwell. Cornwell was definitely raped because the Lorca that that fucked her was not the Lorca that she knew Mm -hmm. and he was pretending to be. And... The Ash Tyler, uh, because and they tell they say that they love each they loved each other mm-hmm. and we just have to be like oh yeah I but guess, it's not really but, right though because I, even though he's clear on the inside he didn't know and she it was consensual yeah so I what I mean it, it can be consensual but it depends what your definition of rape is if uh, is the Cornwell thing rape well did he did they bone in the mirror universe. It doesn't matter. This Cornwall was not a mere universe person. Lorca mm-hmm. was pretending to be a person that he was not. So if you sneak into someone's room and have sex with them, and then it's because they think that it's so their if I lie about my age whatever. on a hookup app and I have sex with somebody, that's is that- different. Okay. But well, I mean, it depends. Some people would probably say that uh, that's wrong, but. Hookup apps. I mean, yeah, men are gross. Well, so in the, I don't in think the movie, like, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, in the original, uh, the first uh, Revenge of the Nerds, one of the nerds uh, gets the cheerleader to fall in love with him because they have sex in the dark, and she thinks he's her boyfriend but he's such a good lover that when she discovers that it's one of the nerds she she's very happy that's a very 80s kind of like sentiment like, yeah. it's also yeah, that's like, sexual assault yeah. but it's also uh <laughs> any, wanted to clarify for i mean it's a problem because any uh story with a love potion is rape mm-hmm. because it's sexual assault yeah and yeah. so like anytime you have any of these sort of stories like you have to deal with that and again it just shows how much discovery doesn't give a shit about anything that happens because like they don't want to deal with any of the fallout of things like when they've used ash tyler's ptsd it's only so that we can have like a moment where he can't do something. It's mm. it's never been explored. Like nothing is explored on this show, which is crazy. And Cornwell also a weird moment for the strong character who was duped and raped is that she like becomes apoplectic and can't talk when she sees the starbase destroyed and then like Saru has to come in and be like, "Oh, and take over for her because she can't handle it." And it's weird to Regardless of like, oh, this is true for the character. That's a weird thing to put in for the a woman yeah. captain, and then have a male character come in and be able to mm-hmm. do it when you pretend that you care so much about these things. Are Kelpians uh, gender binary? I don't think they are. Well, they I use. Think all, know. They say he. Yeah. Well, they're just because it's rude to say. Well, uh, she's obviously you know because she, yeah. she even like when they she appeared on the Discovery, the Admiral did like she was obviously frazzled, you know, because she's been fighting this war now for nine months and Discovery's been gone, and so uh, you know to see it come back, she's you know uh, out of place and doesn't know what's happening. But yeah, I did. I agree with you. I think it was kind of weird for her to just be like looking at that starbase and be like, oh my god, and then you know Saru being like. I, I got this lady. You can have frazzled, but I don't know mm-hmm. any other captain on Star Trek. I, mm-hmm. I could not see mm-hmm. Picard doing that. I could not see Kirk doing that. I could see them being like, my God. And then, but they would immediately be like, we got to go. And then later they would break down because that's what you have to do 
in gotta hold work. Yeah. Like, you can't break down there. You wait a few minutes and then, like, cry in the bathroom or whatever. Like, and it's just, I don't know. Like, it wouldn't be such a problem if they didn't try to pretend that they are this, like, forward-thinking people that are constantly mm-hmm. thinking of this shit. Um, we saw in previews of the series finale, or season finale, uh, that they're going to be hanging out in the Ryan slave sex planet. I mean, speaking about forcing sex on somebody. Yeah, they finally show mm-hmm. butt and G-strings. And and so a lot of people <laughs> so might not be familiar with the premise of the Orion Slave Girls. Brian, do you want to explain it to the listeners? Captain Pike, in the original Star Trek pilot, um, The Cage, which was turned down by NBC for being too cerebral, so Gene Roddenberry mm-hmm. reworked it and brought in Captain Kirk and uh, everyone, ex- a whole different crew except for uh, Spock, um, says at some point when he's talking to Dr. Boyce that he might uh, quit being a captain and become an Orion slave trader. This is our hero who says mm-hmm. this, which is a weird scene. But the gre- the famous so green... So we're introduced to the concept. But right. we also see the Orion an Orion slave girl in one of the that the Telosians in one of the mirages that the Telosians use against Pike to make him want to stay in uh, at on the planet. There's a sexy uh, green woman that um, that is famous on Star Trek. That's Susan Oliver, and then there's another green woman who's an Orion slave girl in the third season. I believe Yvonne Craig, that girl in whom gods destroy. Those are the two green women. That when they're like, Kirk always makes out green chicks. He doesn't. But anyway, <laughs> the Orion Slave Girls, there's also an Enterprise episode where they are, uh, they have Orion Slave Girls and Slave Men and but transporting them for slavery. We have but about the slave uh, girls an hour to tell yeah. this. So, <laughs> but the slave, so what I mean, happens at the, at the planet? Like, like what happens? I, the, slave, so the, the concept I, here is that. The what? So maybe the. Uh, I'll, I'll get it real quick. So, but the slave girls, they're called slave girls because they sell them into slavery to people, but the, they have, the, these women have powers to take advantage of men. They're Trojan men, horses. They're Trojan horses. Ah. So they go in and get the men to fall in love with them, and then the men do, like, here's my ship, my dear. That uh-huh. kind of thing. Okay. So, so in oh, fact, that, yeah. and the, yeah. it's revealed that the Orion <laughs> slave girls are the ones in charge. Mm-hmm. They're oh. decoys, and that the whole planet is run, the culture is run by the Slaves mm-hmm. who actually quote, are quote. in charge. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And yeah, so, you had me scared there with slavery for a second. I'm like, where are they going with this? Orion Syndicate is yeah. basically the gangsters of space. And they're very ruthless. Yeah. And are we sure that they're actually going to this planet? I saw That's some what everyone's scene. excited okay. about. You just see the Orion. There's also in the Star Trek 2009, uh, Uhura's uh, roommate was an Orion slave girl. Uh, or, in real life, in, the actress or, or, who plays Orion, yes, yeah. Rachel Nichols played an Orion girl or Federation mm-hmm. Starfleet student. So we're we're wrapping this up. You know, this is one more episode. Uh, what do you guys think is going to be happening? I mean, how we're we're going to be left? Giorgio obviously wants to blow up Kronos, the mm-hmm. the Klingon homeworld, to end the war. But it seems like Michael Burnham is going to be like that's not the Federation way. Mm-hmm. And it seems like other people are like, "Shut up, Michael Burnham." So, what, and so, how is that going to resolve itself? I mean, she wanted. To I think s- she's going to have to kill her again. Yeah, yeah. She's going. Enough. All right, here's what I Michael think. Michelle Yeoh just keeps getting killed. Okay. I there was this episode. I thought it, it started out really good, and then when they started doing all the Klingon war shit, it 
sucked really bad. And then the most preposterous twist that is possibly the dumbest twist, and that's saying a lot of all this show, was that Giorgio is now the captain of Star Trek Discover or Star uh, Starship Discovery, the murdering crazy woman from the other universe, the Empress Emperor, who was who could have I don't know why she didn't just kill every single person when she had the chance of then escape, but whatever. Um it it she's going to so like they wrote it just so that they could have this idiotic twist at the end and be like, Ooh, isn't this amazing? Well she didn't and tell so anybody that there that she was gonna give the the ship over to Michelle. To yeah, I know. I know. It's all uh-huh. because if they told us, then we wouldn't be like, oh, at the end. And that's really what matters is the uh-huh. big twist. But do you think Cornwell knows that uh, Mike, Michael Burnham has a good poker face? Well, Michael Burnham knew, right? Or no, she was like, what? You know, didn't you see that in the face? She didn't know that she was going to be the captain, mm-hmm. but... I mean, Cornwell knew. Uh, uh, I don't know. Saru was not in on it either. Saru I mean, was. They not, looked at each other. Mm-hmm. Their jaws dropped. Well, but most of them didn't know that she was from the Mirror Universe. Like the only people that know are like Saru, Cornwell, Michael. And, but the people and the, that and the do know, guy. and the teleporter guy, and they're Sarek. like going, "What the hell's yeah. going on?" Yeah, you know? it was like they, a sitcom. They, like, they don't even believe <laughs> the script. They're Lucy, like, "I can't you believe explaining this to is." Do. But what's going to happen? I, I mean, there has to be a twist where she turns on the discovery, and we're supposed to be surprised that that happens. I assume Michelle Yao will die a hero's death of some sort, and then it will bring forward some ridiculous twist to end on a cliffhanger so that we tune in next season. Mm. Do we think that Lorca's gone forever? I don't know. There was a little, well, because I know uh, Colette confessed that she skipped ahead because she's Mm -hmm. been sick. Uh, She got the nasty flu. Uh, So when they disposed of Lorca, they threw him out into like the mycelium ball, and so he disintegrated, right? Mm -hmm. But then uh, Discovery also went through that same ball, and then we saw a little green dot just kind of float around, Mm -hmm. and then it landed on Tilly's shoulder and maybe gone inside her. So Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know. That could be Colbert. Mm-hmm. That could be Lorca. Mm-hmm. We'll see whether, uh, uh, you know, depending on if either actor wants to come back or not. Mm-hmm. I think they're all happy for the job. You know, it pays super well. Who doesn't like to get paid? It's, uh, it's uh, I guess it's a... Uh, $8 million an episode? Is that how much It's making yeah. money for them, and it's, uh, it's a hit with the mm-hmm. fans, and except for Brian Sweeney. <laughs> um, but, you know, Mark and I actually uh, know people in the real world, um, and we go out and talk to them, and we say, hey, I noticed you have a Star Trek tattoo. Do you like Discovery? And they're like, I love this show. It's fantastic. There's a lot of people that really, it really resonates with them, and they really enjoy it. Ask them in uh, two years. Okay. <laughs> what, what, hey, what do you think of Discovery? Because it's, it's easy to like something when you first see it. But no one's going to remember anything from this show. Like, what What do we remember from any of this? Like, there's hardly anything that's... I'm going to watch that Harry Mudd episode again. Yeah, mm-hmm. but... And it's that also the like, last episode of the season, yes, right? But, that one in the, the... Well, that was the time loop one, yeah. yeah but yeah. speaking yeah. of uh, balls, my Silhim balls, the fucking balls on Ash Tyler, when Michael Burnham finally comes oh, to talk God. to him, and then he's like, look, I know... I'm a murderous Klingon spy who lied to you, but this is because you're afraid of love. 
put it on you. This oh, was, you kill people and you used to be a different species. It is. But and, it's my fault. And the fact that they wrote it so that Michael is like, oh, wow. But well, you can't he, be because she's never been in love before. She'll know they tricks. She'll but, know these fuck I mean, intergalactic fuckboy tricks. But this is like mm-hmm. it was so bad that that scene that mm-hmm. was, and then she's like, "I loved you," and he's like, "I loved you too," and it's like you Gaslighting. did because what are you talking about? You loved each other, like you guys kissed mm-hmm. once, and then you were just fucking in a mirror universe. But that was after he killed a dude. Like, mm. there's a lot of the disco- of discovery where they just tell us things, but we don't see it. It's like how we're supposed to. To care so much about Wilson Cruz and Anthony Rapp just because. Because it's like, he was my husband and I loved him a lot. And it's like, oh, well now I feel bad. I think this but, is the first mm. time in Star Trek we ever saw any of the characters brushing their teeth. I, as I, You know, we've only seen very few scenes of like characters taking a shit, bathing. What? When have we seen a character showering. take a shit? We, na- we haven't. Oh, we see him showering. We see Belana Torres. She took a sonic shower, which is basically like she just walks into this thing and it vibrates the dirt off of yeah. her. Well, because Janeway uses all the fucking water for her stupid bubble baths. <laughs> well, the, in, the, in the pilot episode of Star Trek Voyager, we see Neelix taking a bubble bath for real. Mm. And it was really kind well, of. Well, it was because you could see his big giant feet. His big giant cock. <laughs> Check out my caretaker. And there's a joke for everyone. Like, like, like caretaker array. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if this is just like, you know, they want to have sort of a prime time, you know, but CBS All Access is now kind of off the grid. And so we're starting to see, you know, I wonder if they're going to take this show and actually show us some nudity or something. I mean, we saw Klingon boobies. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, we did. Never Hell forget. Yeah. Oh my God, Tilly said the F word, guys. Oh and my she said, God. Fuck, right? Oh my God, she did. First time for Star Trek. <laughs> Can you believe that? Talk about mind blowing, guys. Oh my God. You're so cynical. <laughs> Well, and, and to, to me, it's interesting to see, you know, I, I would like to see how, like, how they shit in Star Trek. Uh, they just squatty potties. They shit in those uniforms, and the uniforms just process everything. Like Dune? Yeah, they just piss and shit in there. Uh, um, the, uh, <laughs> but uh, there's an, an Enterprise episode where he's ta- they're, they're doing like questions from students from Earth, and one of them is like, where do you go to the bathroom? And Scott Bakula was like, huh, we have bathrooms here and here, or whatever, because that's been a running joke of Star Trek. But it's also yeah, but it's also like in the show twenty four. Like it's like when does Kiefer Sutherland take a shit? Like it's twenty four hours, just nonstop, and all he's doing is running around and getting tortured and shooting people. But he can't because usually the commercial break is him like in a like warehouse being tied up, and it's like when are you taking a shit or a piss, dude? But But, thinking of this, you—that's what I'm saying. If you first of all, you gotta look at taking shits for this ten minutes. It's diapers in Star Trek universe. You're turning this around on me. You're like Ash Tyler. She she went in and she's like, "Uh, I felt my hand around your neck and you tried to kill me. He's like, don't change the subject. Uh, that's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. This is not about me. This is about you. This is yeah. because you were you were uh, born on Vulcan. Mm-hmm. That was why, or because you were raised by Vulcans. And I'm, she's like, oh my God, he's right. Uh, one uh, glaring thing, the, the elephant or the planet in the room that we're not talking about is the planet of mushrooms. Oh, yeah. That's Oh, my God. That's, yeah. Like, 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 out of out Genesis, the terrifying, that's another, like, huge problem with this show and why I don't try to fix fit this into like where the hell is this in canon of like when that was happening i was like how come in 
40 years time the, like Spock and Kirk and Bones are going to be like holy shit like look what Genesis can do if this was what you can do is create and terraform a moon and just start in seconds that's what Genesis is why the hell were they fighting over the Genesis device in the first place I think maybe you know at the end of the series of Discovery in about four or five years when the show gets canceled or whatever, they'll be like computer delete program. Yeah, it's all going to be. It's going to be like it's well, we all. Cornwell's probably going to get her mind erased, right? Is that what's going to? Cornwell. Cornwell. Yeah. But what you just said was uh, the end of uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Actually, it was the the end of uh, Stand by Me. Where the the, <laughs> the 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 four boys of River Phoenix? Yeah, the end of Stand by Me is Robert is Richard Dreyfus writing that story, and he, then he deletes the story and he goes to play with his son. He he doesn't delete it. He walks outside and it's just there on his I computer. I think he deletes the. I think he deletes the story. I think he writes the story uh, out and he deletes uh, it. Uh, he I, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's how I remember it. It starts out because he sees that in the paper it says that River Phoenix had been stabbed, and then he <laughs> feels bad, and then he starts thinking about when he used to be Will Wheaton. <laughs> and his dad was speaking of Star Trek when he was Wesley Crusher and his mm. brother was John Cusack. What would what would you guys like to see in the next uh, season of of Star Trek Discovery? Because it is being filmed right now. Mm. You know, We're I would like to see filming it. I want celebrity. Ca- I want Whoopi Goldberg to come back, or Ooh. you know, I want celebrity cameos to Whoopi come. Whoopi Goldberg is in the Nexus right now. Or oh my god! Well, wait, actually, I don't know if she is now, but she. How she and Soren. I'm not sure. When the uh, Borg destroyed her world, she and Soren were in uh, the uh, the Nexus. Escaping, so they went to the until Nexus. the Enterprise B took them, brought them back. So, I mean, she's been alive. Remember, she was alive and hanging out with Mark Twain in Star Trek: The New Generation. So it'd be really fun to see uh, Whoopi Goldberg make a cameo of some kind. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, it's like... Well, so who else could make a cameo? There's uh, other other people that could probably make some kind of cameos, right? Time travel always happens. You might get, you know, people I, I'm thinking like, you know, the Harlem Globetrotters goes on Gilligan's <laughs> Island. I want something really... <laughs> and then they go to the Mirror out. Universe yeah. where the generals are... Uh, where the Washington generals are the One. ones that always win. <laughs> okay, I'm going to make my predictions. Um, I would like to see Harvey Mudd come back. Harvey Mudd? Yeah. Harry, what a Harry poser. Mudd. I'm sorry. Fake geek girl. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Harry, hurry. I'm just fucking it up on purpose now. Hunty, Hunty Mud. Hunty Mud. Hunty Mud, come back. Um, I want there to be a new bad bitch on the scene. Maybe a woman of South Asian descent who like gives uh, Michael Burnham a run for her money as like the you know the next bad bitch on the ship. Um, so you know instead of like there kind of being some competition between her and Tilly, uh, this new person on the ship, I would like to see a, a person of trans experience to make up for this horrible uh, mapping they had to uh, trans gender identities. Oh wait, you skipped it. You skipped an episode. Did you see the last of the Mirror Universe episodes? Mm-mm. Your girl. Speaking of South, there was a South Asian. They'll remember, you probably don't because it didn't matter. Now you remember, but okay. remember there was a security guard. Oh, who was, was on the, on the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, she's she her bad self was back, but yeah. she, she was actually nicer. She was a lot nicer, nicer, she was nicer than, in the Mirror Universe. It's, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, it's, nice. <laughs> it's nice to see someone in the Mirror Universe not be an asshole, though. But mm-hmm. evil Spock wasn't evil. He was the same. He was like sitting there and he was logical and. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I want Jordan Peele to come on. 
Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, because he's working on their Twilight Zone show. So um, I, I think that would that be they, nice. Yeah. That, Do- direct that an happen. episode. Direct or... an episode or, you know, even make a cameo. I think mm. that'd be really fun. Well, he's he's Hollywood's mm-hmm. it girl right yes. now. So yeah. it's like, you I mean, know, after you are nominated for an Oscar, yeah, ain't gonna the happen. thing you do is go on an app. And direct a, an episode for <laughs> like the fourteen people. I just want him to make an appearance. It'd be nice if he could, you know, direct an episode. But I don't know if he loves. Star- Does he? Love you star- know, uh, mm-hmm. winning an Oscar is is a curse mm-hmm. for Halle Berry. I mean, for a lot of actors lot and of directors, yeah, especially African American people. Monique. <laughs> oh, that Denzel? was unintentional shade. I said Monique. <laughs> Denzel. Denzel. I mean, so so I don't I don't he's predict okay. uh, he's gonna win anything. Or, Jennifer Lawrence. But his his film is pretty. Get Out is is nominated for the best picture, but mm-hmm. that'll be another podcast. We'll get into that. Uh, Brian Collette, uh, it's always great taping shows with you guys. I really appreciate your happy to be back feedback. I, I would and like insights. I would like oh. in the second season. Uh, you already said that. More <laughs> of what they did in the beginning of this episode, like the first twenty minutes of this episode, where. They actually like talked, and there was that there was a a scene like of Star Trek where they had Michael and Saru walking away from the transporter in the beginning and having an actual conversation mm-hmm. of who they are as I people. Saw that and I was like, Brian loves this. Yes. Brian's jerking <laughs> off to and, this right now. And I was like, holy shit, like this is everything that you want. Like this mm-hmm. is really interesting. And the scene where Michael and Tilly, it was very like in your face like mm-hmm. but Tilly saying like who we are how we treat Ash Tyler is who we are and and so like and her saying like I'm just saying like I think you should talk to him because of this and you know like I saw who we were in the mirror universe and how easy we could become that and the difference is how we treat people like Ash Tyler mm-hmm. and it's a big thing of in Star Trek, they have a lot of things of, we say that we are these things. And this is a very important moment for America right now of, we say that we are this. The important thing, it's easy to say. It's like the Constitution of all men are created equal and we hold these truths to be self-evident. That's easy to have. When it gets to actually like putting that into practice, that's what shows who we are. And it's an, it's not enough to say that we're something and say we're the Federation and we're Starfleet and we believe this and we believe that. It's and then like turn around and start being like warlike and crazy. You can't do that. Like you can only if you state that these are my ideals, you have to live up to those ideals, and it has to happen when times are bad and times are tough, and you have to say. I am this because this is what I want to be. And nope. if you're not like Cisco in that famous episode yeah. of Town Moonlight, you have to give us a lot of reasons why and have a have it be killing you. My ideals I have to turn around on because of where we are right now and my hope is that my children and their children will not have to do this so that the ideals that I want to live by in the future will be able to be lived by. Like those types of things are just great for drama and things like, and whatever, like, and that's what Star Trek discovery could be. And the scene of like Ash Tyler and Stamets being wasted is crazy. Like that is mm. insane that they just blew past that. And it's, it's no like, Brian, what you're saying, you know, Brian, what you're saying is that the proof is in the Klingon blood pudding. The proof is in the, 
No, well, kapla is, is your your kapla is pussy, right? Or no, kapla means uh, like garbage. Hello or proud. Kapla is like kapla is what you say. Like he's like kapla. Yeah, that's like hello. Oh well, it's like um, the greetings. Hello. Like yeah, like you're good or this whatever. Is so fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colette Gregory, it's always good to see you. People yes. can follow you on social media. Yes, the social media, uh, Twitter at Coco underscore Therapy, or just look me up online. Colette Gregory. Colette has one L. Are you so private on Twitter though? No. Oh, you were. You, oh, I'm like, well, and you're collecting I have to, reparations yeah, on Facebook. I, I am. Yes. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yes, I'm collecting. <laughs> reparations for Black History Month. Uh, so you can go ahead and make your donations. I have made quite a bit of money. A lot have more you? money than I was offered to understudy for uh, an institution here in town. White I've made guilt. more than that. White guilt is a <laughs> hell of a week. drug. Yes. Um, so, so you've gotten people like uh, actually uh, PayPaling you yes, donations yes. Mm-hmm. for Black History Month. I have uh, quite I a lot. Of, it's it's wonderful. I was I wish I thought about this years ago, but uh, you know, <laughs> now is the time. On, on Facebook doing that currently. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm not going to let the other you ones know. know. I would keep that on the down low because if enough people you know, no, talk about uh, yeah. it, then it's going to water it down. That's you know? true. That's oh, true. But, but you, you have to have make me a gift. But just for Venmo, yourself. PayPal, look up Colette Gregory again, Colette with one L, uh, Venmo, <laughs> PayPal, uh, Chase Quick Pay. Um, you know, if I've expanded your mind in any way, if you have some white guilt you want to get rid of, if uh, you want to contribute to this, this is performance art to an extent. So at the end of the month, I will be giving um, some feedback, uh, you know, give a report on who gave what and what they gave it for. Um, but yeah, so contribute to this wonderful performance artist project uh, that also uh, helps me get my petty petties, which are pedicures when I'm being petty. Thank and you. you're so using reparations money to get many petties. Self care is an act of resistance. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And you're selling nudes. <laughs> and look how look how wonderful her hands look. Let yeah. me see. Actually, <laughs> no, so they're not. <laughs> your, your fingers are all like. I need my money. Oh That's my why. God. That's why. Well, you were just bragging about my, how you're getting all this. Getting I'm rich going off of to get my petty petties. That's coming. Yes, okay. at the end of the month, I want to sh- do all oh. these things. It's going to be the performance artist piece, is all the things that I did with this money, because self-care is an act of resistance. Well, if you're fans of Colette Gregory, she's coming back on the podcast yeah. uh, without Brian Sweeney to dominate the, her mind and soul and body. <laughs> uh, talking about her mother yes. is trying to get you married yes. by this Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it should be no problem Yeah, in this amount of time. She's very, very motivated motivated to get me married. She sends me uh, things on Pinterest and texts me images all the time of materials she'd like to purchase for my marriage, or for my wedding, rather. She's tried to purchase charger charger plates, you know, and I told her not to, and she said, well, you know, God wants you to be ready, and so we need to show our faithfulness by buying these chargers, and I was like, okay, well, those are ugly. So your mom basically was drinking, you know, scotch uh, late at night, and she was watching... She's super uh, Christian. She doesn't drink. She was watching... She was high on Jesus, and she watched How to Marry a Millionaire, (laughs) and she said, a good idea is a good idea, Mm -hmm. and so she wants you... Secret. 
Oh, and, that's what it is. Yeah, and, and being high on Jesus, and uh, yeah. And it will come. It will mm-hmm. come to you, Colette, that man. We want to remind folks that, uh, you know, like Colette's reparations, uh, this podcast <laughs> is not a, possible without Amen. your financial support. Uh, you hear the inconsistent uh, sound levels in our audio here. Uh, part of that is because uh, some of these microphones need to be repaired. And uh, at this point, uh, our, our reparations money coffers is down to empty. So if you want to help us repair the microphones and put in new audio compressors, uh, please consider making a one-time donation at feastoffun.com slash donate. It costs $200 to repair one of these microphones. Yeah, make so, a donation today and say, hey, here's for your microphone. So if you want, if somebody out there we'll wants to give $200, we will say your name at the end of the podcast and Brian will like... I've made more than that in my reparations already. Yeah. What? All right. <laughs> girl, Brian. We're going we're gonna to go to Wendy's Black tonight. excellence, girl. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go to Wendy's and get a, a Frosty, honey. We're okay. Good. We'll be back next week for the uh, season finale. Yeah. And then uh, there's a oh. Enterprise head, Hoshi... Uh, brushing her teeth. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we need to say that before we close out the podcast. The sonic toothbrush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Thank it you, says Brian. that Jake Sisko <laughs> packed a toothbrush in the episode image in the sand. Good boy. Good boy, Brian. Brian. what would we do without you to <laughs> answer boy. these questions? To Google stuff? I don't know. I mean, it just shows Discovery hasn't done anything. <laughs> I guess new. Bye, everybody. Bye. Beaming out. <laughs> Live long. Uh, I should give you a chicken pox. Ha, 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 ha.